Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. We're in a kind of a series, February's Relational Month. Uh, so we like to talk about relationships in the month of February. Last week, Pam and I kind of talked about uh, marriage and family. And so we're going to talk today just about uh, championship families, building champion families, because we believe that uh, as parents, we have a responsibility to raise our kids uh, after the plan and purpose of God for their generation. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to give you some principles that will help you as you seek to raise your children to be uh, God followers. And uh, again, one of the things we're going to talk about is the fact that this message really does influence everyone in the room, right? And so because we believe in next generation ministry, we're always concerned thinking about the next generation. So if you're chronologically advanced today, you're thinking generationally, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. We're thinking at least three generations down the road. So if you're not there yet and you just have children, right? Well, you're not only thinking about you and your children, but you're thinking about your children's children. They're going to have children one day and they're going to need an example of how to raise godly children. And if you're a child today, if you're a young adult today, right, you may not even be married yet, but you realize the next generation behind you is looking at you. They're looking at you. And so you, you need to understand. They're looking at you. You need to understand that we have a responsibility to the next generation, right? And so we're always thinking generationally as a church. And so we're going to talk about that today. All right? So we thought we'd start out with something a little lighter. It says, a mother was out walking her four-year-old daughter. The child picked up something off the ground and started to put it in her mouth. The mother took it away and said, don't do that. Why not? The child asked. Because it's on the ground, said her mother. You don't know where it's been. It's dirty and it's probably loaded with germs that could make you sick. The child looked at her mother with total admiration and said, mommy, how do you know all this stuff? You're so smart. The mother said, all moms know this stuff. It's on the mom's test. You have to know it or they don't let you be a mom. There was silence for a moment. And as the child thought this through, she said, oh, I get it. She said, at last, if you don't pass the test, you have to be a daddy. That's so true. That is so true. That is so true. That is so true. Okay. Yeah, dads don't care about germs, you know. It's all good. Wash your hands. Yeah. I was, so, uh, do you have your, your note paper out? You got a pencil? You're going to take some good notes today? Uh, you'll, you'll want this with you as you go through this journey together. We're talking about keys to building a championship family. So, let's get going. I'll, I'll kind of lead the way, and then I'll let these guys kind of give their insight into that, all right? And again, we're going to start today like we started last week. And I think this is so important. I think one of the most important aspects in any endeavor that we undertake is we need to create and cultivate a vision for our family. Vision is so important. What is the vision that you have for your family? What is the vision 
that you have for your kids, right? Again, Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19 says, where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So what is the vision that you have? See, if you don't have a vision and you're just kind of hoping that your kids are gonna turn out, how many of you have recognized that things don't get better by themselves? They get better on purpose. You've gotta have a vision. You've gotta have a plan. You gotta have something in mind that is propelling you toward what you want your children to become. You need a vision, right? What's God's vision for your kids? What does God want to accomplish through your children? We, we, we oftentimes sow so much time and energy into creating a vision that the world standard is for our kids. Can they dribble a basketball? Can they throw a football? You know, can, can they do this or do that, that, that the world values? And we underplay what God values in their life. So what values are you demonstrating to your children that are the vision for your family? We, we talked about this a lot growing up, and we spoke these things over our children continually, we would go into Spencer's room and into Gina's room and we would kneel down beside their bed and we would lay our hands on them and we would pray over them and we would speak to them about God's plan and God's purpose for their life, even at times when they didn't want us to. There were times they, would, they, they wanted to roll over and go to sleep, but we made it our habit to go in and kneel down beside their bed and speak over their life and to pray into their life the vision that God has for their life. What's the vision that you have? What have you created? What are you, uh, what are you working on with your family? She's allowing me to speak to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, they did. They, they bugged me every night, bothered me, annoyed me with their prayers. And oftentimes, um, they were praying for my future spouse, which they're still praying for. So I said in the first service, my, my spouse is getting a good couple extra years of prayer than most spouses get because they get married at a normal age and <laughs> mine has an extra six or seven years of prayer. So they're probably doing really good wherever they're at, but, uh, they'd pray into that. They'd pray into, um, just, uh, so many things, a lot of the times they're praying to God, giving me indirect messages about what they wanted uh, what they wanted for our lives, even if that's not what we wanted at the time. They're, they're talking to God and they're telling him and we're hearing it. And so in, in a sense, you're, you're still casting vision that way to what, uh, what they wanted from us. Um, what else? Yeah, that's good. You okay. know... Um, a lot, you know, parenting is not easy. Training your children is not easy. And there were just nights that, you know, we were met with resistance. But, and I think sometimes probably more because you're more of a peacemaker, you know, but it, we are going to get it done. Like I am a 
in charge. We are going to get this done. We are praying. So sometimes we went in and we are having devotions and it was tense. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry that that ruined your vision of what the heart's home was like. We're sharing God's word. And, you know, there were nights that, and I remember even in the teenage years, you know, we were talking a lot about dating. And so I on purpose picked devotionals that were about dating. And I remember the two kids would sit and rock on their chairs and they're just seriously, they are rolling their eyes. But I, we were intent on just trying to get God's word across to them. And so it wasn't like it was always this really spiritual thing that happened. We, you know, we did, we prayed. I mean, I remember one night they were already in their beds and I couldn't move them. I mean, you know, they were neither of them. Oh, please. So I sat out in the hallway so that doors open. Those doors were open because I, you know, I was intent. We are going to pray tonight. So they're in their beds and, you know, I made sure that we prayed, but um, I, I think that's so important that even though, you know, it wasn't that we were just always telling them what to do, we were praying into um, those things. And, you know, like I said, I, I kind of forgot about that. We prayed that every night for, you know, that they would live the plans and purposes that God had. And we always prayed for their spouse. I forgot about that. So, yay. I'm like, it's coming. It's coming. You know, and, and even I just want to tell you in, in praying for our kids, you know, there was a time that I prayed and I continued to pray and I always had a vision for my kids. I had a vision for my marriage and, you know, that was tarnished, uh, you know, a, a couple of years in not, you know, there were just, I had the, <laughs> that came out totally wrong. You know, how? I mean, Seriously, as kind of a naive, you know, young girl that wasn't exposed much to the world, I just had this, you know, white, you know, house with a white picket fence and my knight in shining armor and that, you know, it was just going to be this Cinderella life. Well, you know, it didn't happen that way. And we had, you know, some mess up on the fence some there was blood on the fence and, you know, I mean, it, it, and same thing in kids. Like I had a vision for my kids and, you know, they, they were not like looking like I prayed, but I kept praying. It was the yeah. only thing I knew to do. I knew that God's word was true. It does not return void. So I kept praying and it was discouraging. There were days I was praying very desperate prayers. God, like, you know, I, I am praying for these kids. Like I believe that you gave me a vision. And there were years I'm like, I must have had some bad pizza because I am not seeing, you know, some of the things come to pass. And there's still things that I'm believing God for. And I am not giving up. Sure. I am going to believe what God's word says. I'm going to believe what his plan is and purpose is, you know, for my kids and even my marriage. God is a restorer. He just painted that white fence back up and marriage has never been better. And, and even with kids, it weren't always easy years, but where we are now, God has, you know, really restored some things and okay. She's good, isn't she? Um, but again, it's so important. Vision is important. So take the opportunity to, to dream and to believe God that your children were not, were not given to you just to be nice citizens of the country. Now we want our kids to be world changers and history makers, to shake the world for Jesus. And so we get that vision. And, and so we begin to live for that vision, create a vision for your family. Number two, Accept your responsibility to train your children. Please. Accept the responsibility to train your children. This is not about just having kids. Right. Right. This is about raising up a generation of 
giant slayers, right? And so Proverbs chapter 22, uh, verse number six says, train a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not turn from it. Our responsibility as parents is the training of our children, right? And here's a, here's a real important key. The earlier you begin, the easier it will be. Don't wait until your kids can speak a fluid language, right? Begin early. Don't wait until they're teenagers and say, oh man, we got some issues. We, we need to back this thing up. And no, you're too late. Start early, right? And begin the process of training them in the principles, in the things of God in their life. Training is so very, very important. And we talked about, you know, even with, with Spencer, you know, uh, the, the tithe issue, right? It was never an issue for him because we talked about it. It was a training issue. This is what we do and this is why we do it. And so it just became a natural part of their life because we, we trained them to do that, right? And there are other areas, Pam's, Pam's probably gonna talk about it, but it's so important that we, we train our kids. Discipline is an essential part of training, all right? Discipline is. Now, discipline's not a popular topic today, but what we have to understand is discipline is never for punishment. We don't discipline for punishment. We discipline for training, right? And so because of that, we don't discipline out of anger. We discipline out of love. The reason I'm doing this, right, is because I love you, and God's got a higher purpose for your life. There were times when we had to discipline Spencer and Gina, right? And the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. So we did not spare the rod on Spencer. I got lots of love. <clears throat> we didn't have to use a rod on Gina. Maybe that many times. Because she just, you'd look at her and she would break. Spencer? No. I had to break the board over his backside, right, before he would, he would break. And, and he reached a point in his life where his mom couldn't discipline him anymore because he would laugh, right? And again, we're, we're talking, I, I know spanking is one of those issues that's, you know, kind of out there. You know, we, we do believe in that, all right? Not as abuse, not in anger, but in training, right? And so... Uh, we, we were listening to a song last night called The Bible and the Belt. You know, that we were raised with the Bible and the belt, and we, we learned to respect both of them, right? And, and so, again, it's just a, a matter. And discipline is more than just spanking or putting in a corner, right? Discipline can be taking out the trash or making your bed or picking up after yourself, which we're still working on some of that, right? <clears throat> Okay, but, but those, are, those are aspects of discipline as well. Yeah, um, so I want to, <laughs> you know, you do one service and it all kind of flows in one way and then you want it to go exactly that way. But um, I did want to preface all of this to say we didn't do everything right. Okay, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do everything. We were not perfect parents. We do not have perfect kids. There were things we wish we could have a do-over on, but we, you know, attempted to follow God's word. And I think you were a lot better about disciplining and then explaining to the kids why they were being disciplined. You know, 
again, not disciplining and anger, anger, and just going back and, you know, saying, this is, this is why, because I love you. And I probably more of a little more of a hothead. And so, you know, I would get frustrated and probably discipline and, and not, um, take that time to really, you know, explain why. And so I, I would say this, that, you know, sometimes we think discipline has to be right off the bat, but if you're not in a place, you know, if you're angry or you're not in a place where you feel like you can discipline and not be angry, wait, you know, you can always go back and, 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 you know, give them a spanking or whatever at a later time and just, you know, tell them and explain and, you know, make sure that you're loving them, pray with them. You know, you discipline them, you pray with them. I'm telling you, God shows up in those moments. And yeah. so I think you had something to say on that. I guess I do. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, I just remember, um, never really feeling like I was being abused. Um, just the way that, I mean, not from my mom I did, but from my dad. <laughs> and it's exactly what she said. If you're going after your kid, even in that moment, I think anybody, when you're in the moment, your blood is boiling and you're just ready to smack a kid. You know, that's just how it is. And my dad, <clears throat> I remember it would always be sometime later after the fact, usually, you know, I'd get in trouble at Walmart or something for uh, trying to throw toys in the in the cart or do something stupid. I did a lot of stupid stuff. But uh, it was like, that's that's three when we get home. That was that was a line that I grew up on. That's three when we get home. <clears throat> so then I'd run to the, I'd run, when we got home, I'd run to the underwear drawer and like try and throw on like as many pairs of underwear as I could get. I'm like, I'm going to give myself as much cushion as I can here. And, uh, but he'd come in, sit me down and, you know, it was, it was like an awkward time because I knew I'm about to get just my butt handed to me, literally. <laughs> but he'd sit there, he'd really calmly, calm voice, very laid back and just say, you know, this is, this is why I have to do this. You, you done messed up kid. <clears throat> and, uh, just basically just, yeah, just, yeah. Didn't you say that? What? It's harder on me, it's, it's harder on me than it will be on you. Right. <laughs> I never understood that. that. <laughs> I, I might get that when I'm a dad someday, if I ever am, but, <clears throat> um, but yeah, just that, that calmness about it, and then just the, the actual instruction in it, I think, uh, made it so that I never felt like I was being abused, and I can't imagine what it's like nowadays with all the crazy stuff that goes on, but um, it's in the Bible, so it's kind of hard but, to argue with. And, and we need to, you know, I'll say this, is that we need to teach our, kid to res- our kids to respect authority. And that was always something that I was, I, was, I was big on. But we're just living in a generation that it's beginning to fix, affect our nation. You know, we've got parents that don't make their kids respect others, respect, you know, even just our elderly people. You know, when you're at church, these, our young kids, making sure that they're respectful and honoring, you know, because then it carries into the schools and it's carrying into jobs and it's carrying into our nation. There's no respect. Like, I don't yeah. have to honor you. I don't have to respect you. The Bible talks about you will have you know, a lot of times you don't have great authority over you. I know in my life, I haven't always had amazing bosses. I do now, but you know, there's times that I haven't had good authority over me, but I, it was instilled in me that you show honor and you show respect. And God always honors that, you yeah. know, with your kids, 
um, you know, a lot of times with coaches, they don't get the best coaches. And, but to teach them to honor and respect. And I just think as a church, we need to do a better job of that in the church so that I, I just feel like it's destroying our nation yeah. and, and the world that we're living in today. So yeah. teaching that honor and respect. Yeah, good. Um, even in the training of spiritual things, mm-hmm. um, it's important that we, we're talking the word of God with our kids, that we're teaching them the, the word of God, and um, that's our responsibility, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not the church's responsibility. It's our responsibility as parents to be training our children in the things of the Spirit. I, Pam was mentioning in the first service that during our, our prayer times, our devotional times, because we are a spirit-filled church and we believe in uh, praying with other tongues, we would have times where we would sit as a family and Pam would say, okay, we're all gonna take uh, a minute and we're gonna just pray in the spirit. It was always longer than a minute. <laughs> it was always longer than a minute, but <clears throat> that's the way he remembers it. And, uh, and so we, w- we would do that. We would just pray in, in the Holy Spirit. And uh, again, there were times that they'd kind of go, oh, brother, you know, but we were teaching them spiritual principles in the process. And so again, those are our responsibility as parents to, to be teaching them. Uh, point number three, you ready? Here we go. Recognize that children are influenced more by what they see than by what you say. Children are influenced more by what they see than what you say. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through eight. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Then impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. In other words, these principles have to first be in us. We've got to live these things out in front of our children right? It can't be something that's just a Sunday morning experience. We've got to be the same in our home as we are at church, right? And so the same principles we use on Sunday morning are the same principles we use throughout the week. The same God we talk about on Sunday morning is the same God we talk about every day of the week. We're having conversation with them. And I just think it's so important that we understand the significance of it being in us first, right? It's in us first. And, and then, we, then we can give it out. We can pass it on because if what you're saying, it's, it's kind of uh, the, the statement, you know, um, do as I say, but not as I do, right? And here's the scripture for that. Ephesians chapter six and verse four says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. How does a father exasperate his kids? by expecting them to do something they don't do, right? The do as I say, not as I do. Well, you're not gonna do it. Yeah, but you gotta do it. No, it's gotta be in us first. We've gotta be, integrity is when what we say and what we do are in alignment, right? And so we wanna have integrity in our households, in our homes, and so it's very important that, that we, it's in us first. <clears throat> Okay, I'll share. <laughs> um, 
I was um, just in the integrity. I think as parents, um, what you see them doing from behind the pulpit is the same that they were doing at home. And when they go, well, dad's the only one that goes to Walmart. Um, (laughs) But when he goes to Walmart, it's always the same. I think the worst probably place that you could see my dad is on the softball field. And he can lose his temper a little bit. But other than that, you're seeing the same guy behind the pulpit as you're seeing um, everywhere else. And with their parenting, with the way they live, it's the same. And, uh, and I think just as Christians, I think we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot of the time because we, we aren't the same person everywhere we go. And it's, I, think, I think it hurts us when we're, it hurts everybody. It's going to hurt your kids. It's going to hurt everybody around us if we're not the same person everywhere we go. Yeah. And we say we're Christians, but then we go out and we're, we don't look the part everywhere else except for Sunday. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think for your kids, the one thing that I feel like helped me the most was that what I saw at home and what they preached is what they lived. Obviously, nobody's perfect, but they, they were the same people. They were doing what they preached. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, they're doing it, so um, I'm going to do it too. And uh, even other pastors' kids that, that I've met before, they didn't have the, that same experience. And the people, their parents at home weren't always the same as they were behind the pulpit. And just to see uh, some of their lives, um, I'm just really thankful for the way that uh, my parents have lived it out. Yeah, and I think truth needs to be a core value. You know, I, I was talking to Pastor Sandy Shear um, last week in Oklahoma, and she was saying that a mother came up and said, you know, we haven't been in church because my three-year-old doesn't want to come. And, you know, Sandy's like, so when is your three-year-old deciding where, whether you're going to church? And, you know, that's happening too. You know, 11-year-olds, 17-year-olds are deciding if we're going to youth on Wednesday night, if we're going to church on Sunday mornings. And the last time I checked, God gave the parents authority over those kids. And, you know, you do. You have authority over those kids' lives until yeah. they're married. And, you know, now Spencer's more on his own. But, but for Gina, until she, you know, is passed off to, you know, her husband, she has authority, especially in, in your life. But, you know, you, you cover your kids. There's a covering that, that needs to be there for your kids. And don't be letting your kids decide whether they're going to church or not. You know, I'm sorry, but I grew, I mean, what we have going on here in our kids ministry and youth is good stuff. When I grew up, when I grew up, I mean, we we didn't have the greatest youth group, but we went. Like, we were just happy to, you know, back in the day, yeah, we were happy to have, they had just, like, opened up youth groups. We used to go and just sit in church, but there's too many kids making decisions about how things need to go down in your homes, and make sure that you are keeping that authority. God's given you that authority, and when you give that over to your kids, you're going to have a hot mess going on, because those kids are not, they do not have the maturity or the ability to make the right decisions. I don't care how great your kids are. They do not have that ability to make those kind of decisions. You have them. You make them go to school every day. Last time I checked, most kids are in school, but sometimes when it comes to God's house, you know, oh, but what are you saying? You know, what you're modeling, if if church is always a hassle, it's always, you know, a a chore to go, I got to go serve today. If that's your attitude, your kids will pick up on that and they'll use it against you. 
You know, we don't want to go. So make, make, you know, make it a, a joy to go to God's house. And, yeah, they be, be who you are. Be right. that person. Yeah. Let me, let me just close with this thought because integrity really is when what you say and what you do are congruent. But integrity is also being willing to admit to your kids when you missed it. And there, there have been several times when, like Pam said, we aren't a perfect family. You didn't do it perfect all the time. And I've had to go back to Spencer or to Gina and say, as difficult as it was, I remember one particular time uh, I sat and I just absolutely wept in front of Spencer because I was so sorry that I had missed it in this particular instant. And But integrity says when you miss it, own up. Say, I missed it, and I, I want your forgiveness. I, I don't want to be that way, uh, or I didn't want to have that kind of an attitude. So, again, it's, it's living this thing. And, again, all of us fall short, right? The key is owning up to it, right? And depend on, you know, you have the word of God, but depend on the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, there, there were times, and I, you know, I prayed over my kids a lot, but there were times that, you know, we just, other kids were doing things, and I think you said, talked to that in the first service, that, you know, we didn't let our kids do everything. They didn't get to do everything that the, that the, his friends got to do, or even that the family got to do. There were things that we, we gated. You know, you're not going there. No, you're not going to do that. And then, you know, even those times, you know, we, we, we were just, we didn't let our kids spend the night at other people's houses. A lot of, I mean, I think family was about it, and maybe one other family, but, um, just we just didn't do that we'd let them stay as late as they want we'll have you there back early in the morning but that just sleepovers were just something that we were not going to attain I'm sure some of you are thinking you people are crazy but I'm going to tell you what once you let the gate out once you let that rope out it's so hard to get back in and for us it was just easier not even to go there now there were times that I'm sure my kids have sneaked and done things that I didn't know about actually my sister one time the boys were supposed to go somewhere. And I said, no, they are not going. I I am not kidding. And this was, we were laughing because, you know, my sister was the fun, crazy house. And so the, um, Spencer was in the backyard and I was doing yard work. And all of a sudden, um, I I see this blue van driving off. Renee had come and got Spencer and took off and, and they went and had fun doing whatever they were doing. But anyway, so thank goodness for, you know, fun, crazy family members that make life a little bit fun. But yeah, so, but listen to the Holy Spirit. There's those times that, you know what, you want to be the popular mom. You want to be the popular dad. You want to be, you know, popular with your, your friends and your kids' friends and just go, it's hard to say no. Like, but you are their protector. If you, if you know, if you let them spend the night and they're over there and you just sense something is not right, go get them. Like, listen to the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will talk to you. Like, you have the Word of God, but the Spirit of God, if you're praying over your kids, you will get those 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 unctions and those feelings of just going, something is not right. Don't push those off. That is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And we relied a lot on the Holy Spirit. There, You know, there were just, like, I just knew. I knew when there was monkey business going on, shenanigans going on. You know, and I would call my kids out on it. And I tell you what, if I could go back, I'd make the circle small. I mean, I would make... 
I, I would I would keep things even the boundaries even tighter. And you know, you guys that are raising kids in this day and age, you've got to have boundaries around your kids. You've got to have gates. Do not let those gates out. I don't know if you want to talk to that at all. Feeling yeah, left I, out. I couldn't really get away with anything. <laughs> and it is weird. Like, you know, I mean, it's not weird. The Holy Spirit's amazing. And but when you're when you're getting called out on things and you're like, there's no way that she could have known some of this stuff or the way she'd like sneak around. Like if I'd come home late and she'd like sneak around and I don't, it wasn't sneaking for her, but it's her house. But, but just the fact that, I mean, she always knew. And then if I did something and I thought I got away with it, it came up somewhere and they'd find it. And I was like, I was like, how does this happen? I was like, you can't be this good. But they, they have a supernatural Holy Spirit, and so that's how that can happen. So all my youth out there, best be careful. They know. Yeah, they know. Yeah. You won't get away with anything. Amen. So don't even do it in the first place. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's wrap this thing up. We've got just a few more minutes left. Uh, let me give you this last one. Uh, create special moments of fun opportunities for your family. Create special moments for fun opportunities with your family. Again, a merry heart does good like a medicine, and so we want to plan those opportunities for us to enjoy one another's presence. I encourage you, come on, let's get back to eating family meals together. Come on, cook a meal, sit down at the table, put your cell phones away, and, and dialogue with one another. It's so important. Take vacations together as a family, all right? Sometimes we would go on trips and we knew that our kids didn't necessarily want to go. And sometimes they didn't, they chose not to really enjoy those moments either. But they were some of the most bonding times that we had as a family together. It's important for us to spend those moments as as a family, support one another in your various activities. Pam and I did everything we could possible to be at any game or any activity that our children were in. We wanted to be there. We wanted to support them. We encouraged our kids to support one another because we're doing this as a family. And so that's really just so important for us that we create those special moments together. And then the last thing that I'll say, and that's this, is you need to make church time family time. This is what we do as a family. We don't do Sundays just because it's something, no, God is number one in our life. And so because God's number one, this is a part of it. And so we always wanted our kids to enjoy being a part of what God's doing and God's building his church. And so we never saw church as being a drag. We never saw church as being, you know, uh, a have to. This is something we get to do. And we approached it that way. We always tried to make it exciting for our kids. So oftentimes we hear people say, well, we're gonna miss the Sunday because we gotta have some family time. Really? You can't go on Saturday? Make Sunday, church time, family. This is what we do as a family, right? And so, uh, again, this creates special moments. And so uh, we always wanted to make church something that was very special for our family. And I I just want to say, the last thing I want to say is... um, I had uh, a kind of a revelation the other night that, um, you know, you could look at us and go, wow, you had, 
you've had a God history and that's why, you know, all this, you can do this and you're raising your kids. But we had this revelation last night that his dad and my dad were first generation believers. Like before that, there was not a godly heritage. I mean, maybe way, way back, but not that, that I knew about or even my parents, but my, my dad got saved and your dad got saved. And that began now on my mom, your mom, her parents were believers and uh, my mom's parents were believers. So second generation. So we're third generation, but really with our dads getting saved, just really we're second generation, but you need to be thinking three generations, three generations. You said it, um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the generations, but you know, I look at my grandparents sowing God into my parents and then my parents sowing God into us. And now I'm sowing God into my kids. And, you know, I mean, pretty soon I'm hoping to be sowing into grandkids someday, <laughs> but you think about those generations. You think well, about we're that. We're going to do it in order, right? Spencer? Yeah, the right order, but yeah, there we go. You know, you think, you think about that, you think about generations and you're like, oh, that's a long ways. Like that's, that's, you know, that's big, but you think about it, you know, Chuck, we, you, we had your daughters in youth group. We, you know, they were a part of our youth group and now they've got kids who are teenagers that we're ministering to, we're continuing to minister to, and you're not just building for you. Like, we're not doing what we're doing just for us. I want a heritage of God to go to my children's 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 children. I want this thing to go on until yeah. Jesus comes back and we all go to heaven. I want there to be a God heritage. And so you're not just building for you. You're building for your kids and for their kids. And so think three. Think three generations. And, you know, that's a thing even in church. There's always somebody in front of us. There's always somebody behind us that we're influencing. And I'm so glad for our chronologically advanced people here at Victory. They're amazing. Um, Last week we came and they were having Fully Alive. And I was sure they were going to cancel. There was how many feet of snow? It was 14 below. And here we have, they're all over 80. And uh, the three ladies that were here, they were having, they were having fully alive. Yeah. They were here making it happen. But you know, they that I've watched that generation, and you are not done yet. Like your life, I'm watching all of your lives. Like I am watching, and I am so proud of our, you know, generation. Like living and doing this thing, being at church. You know, they're the ones that could say, "I don't want to go out today." Like. It's cold, but they're here. They're in the house of God. And so, you know, we're just, we're just proud of, you know, really every generation that's represented and we want to make a difference. We want to help you win in your life and in your family. And so, you know, again, maybe this doesn't work for you. We're just giving, we're just giving you what worked for us. Um, But I, I just encourage you to follow God's word, make church, you know, a part of your life and listen to the Holy Spirit. Closing thoughts, Spence. Well, one more thing before the closing thoughts. We were we were really blessed to go on some pretty uh, cool vacations because um, our parents would uh, drag us through condo presentations. If you guys know what that's about, no, so, his mother did. Hey, your time's done. <laughs> it's this is me time, and uh, and. You know, so we were able to go to Disneyland and some cool places. One of my favorite vacations, though, is when we um, caught crabs on the beach. We we did. We just went out, and I had a stick that I found, and we were throwing these sticks, and you'd hit the crabs over the head, and they'd knock them unconscious, and then we'd, like, pick them up, and then they'd come to, and we had them in a little cup, and... 
that was one of the ones that stuck out to me. So if you're thinking maybe you can't do anything really exciting, you know, you could just go catch crabs at the beach. Yeah. So we'd get on these vacations, and we didn't pay to do all the parasailing and all that stuff. We couldn't. We just we did the condo presentation in Air Miles, and we got on these great vacations. I'm on my closing thoughts oh, right sorry. now. So it doesn't have to be expensive. Folks, if we let her go, we'd be here all day. <laughs> but my, <laughs> my closing thoughts are... Does, I mean, I'm going to ask the question, who wants to change the world? Wow, three of you. Congratulations, church. Three of us want to change the world. I think you found some material for next week. All of us want to change the world, and that, that's, a big, that's a big undertaking. But I think as parents, one way that we can change the world is just to raise up our kids in the way that they should go. And just by doing that, I think we can change the world. Yeah. So... Really good. Amen. Did you get anything out of that today? Was that all right? Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Hey, listen, we really do want to help you. We want to help you win in life. We want to help you win in your family. We believe these principles can be applied to each and every one of us in so many unique ways. But the the most important thing is let's live this life. Let's live it for the glory of God. And we're able then to give away what it is that we're choosing to live. We're not doing this just for us. We're doing this for every future generation that follows us. So dare to get a vision, a God vision for your family. Accept the responsibility to train your children in the ways of God. So important. Live this thing. Because they're going to follow what you do more than what you say. Oftentimes, things of God are caught more than they're taught. Let's go ahead and lead our children in the way that they should go. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.